the best in the world. I've been the best ever since day one on this microphone, in that ring, even in commentary. And trust me when I tell you, I am the hottest property in this industry today. Nobody can touch me. The only thing that's real is me, day in and day out. I am the best in the world. Do I have everybody's attention now? No subliminal, your skills are minimal. I'm nice behind bars, but I ain't a criminal. Meet at the top, yep, the pinnacle. Get off my dick, talking genitals in my crosshair, but take the high road. 12 months ticket, still in denial. I'm too kind, yo. Donnie was vile, bro. Petty residue was out of my mind, though. Punchline metaphors left to competitors. They puff, I'm the lock safe, drop from the second floor. Do it for the art, ain't a coaster I'm begging for. I'm nicer than those who drop on the regular. Go straight for the jugular. Vane's my middle name, just wanted to build. Forgot this was a dirty game. Recycled this beat, it needed a little flame. Pain in my ass, what a low down, dirty shame. I said, what a low down, dirty. Shame. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Mike Steph podcast, featuring the one and only Mike Steph, best of what at what he does, best in the world at what he does. And this week, I am your cult of personality. <laughs> Man, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not in the greatest. Um, I won't even say greatest mood because I'm actually in a good mood. I'm not really feeling great right now. I'm still fighting this stubborn ass cold that kind of turns into bronchitis. So I'm actually gonna try to make this eh, shorter than it's gonna be more than a sprinkle, but a little bit less than the pour. Of salt, if you will. The only reason, to tell you the truth, that I'm deciding to drop this week instead of just saying, you know what, listen, I'm going to just forego this week. Ain't nothing really good to talk about. Uh, my New York JET Jets are garbage, trash, what have you. You know, three minutes and 16 seconds in intro. 
So I was going to be like, you know what? It's not really that big of a deal for me to drop or that big of a deal for me to skip a week um, to just uh, forego my commiseration of my New York JET Jets in their Black Friday um, debacle. But as luck would have it, as luck would have it for y'all, the masses, um, an early Christmas present got bestowed onto my screen. I told y'all last week that this was going to be a wrestling-centric episode. I told y'all last week that I was going to um, give my off the top, off the top of the head, off the top of the dome, um, WWE Survivor Series War Games recap this week. It was going to be a wrestling-centric episode. I wasn't going to talk about my Jets, or I was going to give a little short thing about my Jets, but really it was supposed to be my wrestling-centric episode. But even with that, I was this close to be like, you know what? Shit could wait until next week. There'll be a million and one wrestling podcasts, wrestling YouTube shows, wrestling entities, or wrestling personality entities, that... um. We'll be giving recaps, their little spiel on what happened this past Saturday on WWE's PLE event. So y'all wouldn't need to hear my salty thoughts on it. And tell you the truth, about two hours and 56 minutes into Survivor Series, War Games. That was going to be the truth. War Games was brought to y'all from the great city of Chicago, Illinois. War Games. After the men's war games, um, which featured the return of the apex predator, Randy Orton, after a year and a half on the shelf due to a career-threatening double back fusion surgery. Um, there was the scuttlebutt is that word again? There was the scuttlebutt that there was one particular individual, one particular wrestling vagabond, if you could say, that resides, that makes his home, that's famously associated with the second city, the second city saint, if you will, CM Punk, who possibly, maybe, Probably, probably not, would make his return on appearance at WWE Survivor Series. War Games. Now, the lead up to this, you was hearing from the Wrestling Observer and uh, Fightful and uh, PW Torch and, you know, everybody else that there was not going to be any type of return of the Second City Saint himself, CM Punk. From what they have heard, the answer was a no. They did not. He was deemed toxic. He was deemed to be radioactive from his uh, ouster from All Elite Wrestling, AEW. You know, I mean, tell you the truth, if you uh, leave it to Tony Khan, 
he was damn near fugitive because Tony Khan, last words on CM Punk was he was fearful for his life. So with all that being said, and especially it had been 10 years, almost 10 years. Matter of fact, January would be 10 years that CM Punk had been on a WWE show, had been in a WWE ring. And technically, he still hasn't been in the WWE ring as of yet. With all the darts thrown back and forth, and there was plenty of darts thrown by CM Punk to WWE. Nobody would really in their right mind thought that this was going to be a possibility. Vince McMahon is gone. Everybody, he, he, everybody knows about his story history with Paul Triple Eight Levesque. And uh, being the fact that WWE has been on a hot strength for the last 12 to 18 months, did they really need to bring CM Punk back into the fold? Did they really need to uh, perhaps uh, change the lock, locker room chemistry with the acerbic one? There was a lot of questions to be asked. There's a lot of questions to be asked. But as of two hours and 56 minutes in war games, the PLE, we thought we had that answer. That Yeah, I guess um, WWE was not bringing them back into the fold. So right after the title screen, the preview, or should I say the, the promotion of, yeah, press conference in a couple minutes. You hear the familiar sounds of, shh. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, I'm getting right to the shits. I told you, I'm going in and out. I ain't going to lie. I was actually more than taken aback. Now, longtime listeners and viewers of the Salty Thoughts of Mike Steph, Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh, pretty much the Salty Thoughts podcast on whatever iteration you're familiar with it from. Everybody knows I am a CM Punk fan. I am a CM Punk enabler. I'm a CM Punk uh acolyte shit like cm punk is that dude is that dude to me listen does he have his warts does he have his faults yeah he does but that's what that's what actually attracts me to him it's because he's unapologetically himself at all times can he be deemed a hypocrite We'll get into that further down the line into this episode. But yeah, I was taken aback of, oh shit, WWE, they actually pulled the trigger. When I saw him, when I saw him come out, come on the stage, if you will, I was uh, flabbergasted. 
flabbergasted, I say. I couldn't believe exactly what I was seeing. I'm not going to lie. To see this man do his iconic pose, iconic sit, in a WWE arena. Look at him. He looks refreshed. He looks focused. He looks hungry. He looks like he's on a mission. Look at the tear in his eye. Dare I say, that's the look of a man who realizes, okay, this is truly my last hurrah. This is my chance to prove everybody wrong and to prove myself to be ultimately right. That I'm not the bitter man that was portrayed by AEW. I am not the bitter man that left this same company that I'm returning to 10 years earlier. I'm not the man that was disillusioned by what this truly is. I'm a man in my mid-40s who have discovered, who have rediscovered the love of wrestling. And I'm looking into this crowd. I'm looking into this crowd in my home city, receiving the adulation of finally being home, truly home. You see, CM Punk was never really meant to be an AEW, in my opinion. He was more of a circular peg going into a square hole. He was a star amongst mediocre talent. He was a star amongst flameouts, washouts. Miscreants uh, and whatever type of wrestling personalities that decided to inhabit AEW. Look at this picture. This picture in particular. Triple H and CM Punk. Ten years ago, CM Punk was scheduled to face this man, Triple H, this man, Paul Levesque, in a quote-unquote main event of WrestleMania. It wasn't the main event, but it was a main event of WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30 to be exact. Did, uh... He decided he did not want that. He told Triple H to his face, I don't see you. I don't need to wrestle you. You need to wrestle me to be relevant. Now we fast forward 10 years from now. I mean, 10 years, 10 years from then. Triple H is the head of creative, i.e. pretty much the kingpin of the WWE. Vince McMahon is no longer running the day-to-day -day operations. WWE is not the whole, a single entity. They are, had been, they have been absorbed into the Endeavor company. 
they are part of a company along with UFC, who coincidentally, CM Punk uh, was employed for in his very, very brief, short MMA career. Yeah, I'm hopping all over the place, but that's because this subject is it's just it's it it's it's too much for one avenue there's multiple avenues to go to like i said i told you i was i was getting straight to the shits i'm not even going to tell y'all how my week was because we can deal with that at another time matter of fact while i have y'all have your attention right now i want to let y'all know exactly how the rest of this episode is going to be I am currently recording this 15 minutes before the beginning of Monday Night Raw. I am actually going to use the updated technology of StreamYard, and I am going to pause this recording at the very beginning of Monday Night Raw so I can see the fallout of Survivor Games. I mean, Survivor Series, War Games. To see the potential fallout, the potential confrontation of one CM Punk with the current roster. In particular, CM Punk and Seth Rollins. Now, I'm going to have to tell y'all now. So, therefore, it makes sense when I resume this recording. Once CM Punk made his triumphant return, made his appearance on the stage. This was immediately preceding the end of the men's war games match in which Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, Randy Orton, and Seth Rollins were the victors. Now, there had been multiple video clips of Seth Rollins's reaction upon the return of CM Punk. And needless to say, he was not a happy happy camper. Or at least that's what it has been portrayed as. A couple months ago, Seth Rollins was interviewed by Nick Houseman of House of Wrestling about um, one Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, and maybe the potential of him ever coming back to the WWE, WWE ecosystem, if you will. And Seth Rollins told him, eh, we don't need him. We don't need that cancer in our, in, in our company. You know, Phil, Philly, I see Philly's having a great time over there. Let him stay over there. We don't need him. Now, immediately after that, Seth Rollins did say that, listen, if if he ever if the opportunity ever arose that he would return to the WWE and the company felt like it was a good idea, it was it was good for all parties involved, you know, um, it would it would be what it would. It would be what it was. In other words, listen, the company brings him back. Evidently, they're going to do enough vetting to know whether or not that's a good idea. And listen, I'll roll with the punches. Doesn't mean I have to like the man. Doesn't mean I have to 
Love the man, but we're both professionals and we would have to do what we have to do. That's the gist of what he said. So to play up on that perceived animus, he flipped out. He wigged out. Michael Cole, Corey Graves, numerous referees had to hold Seth Rollins back. Seth Rollins was given the double bird at the same time that CM Punk was saying, hey, guys, I'm back. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. Of course, knowing how the dirt sheets are, Seth Rollins is working. Now, of course, they, everybody comes out to woodwork saying, yeah, that was that was pretty much a work. You know, he he knew that the cameras were going to be on. He knew prior to CM Punk returning that this was planned. So he was going to do everything in his power to make sure that money could be made over the perceived animus between us. He did the same thing to a lesser degree with Matt Riddle, who is no longer with WWE. Remember that one-on-one that they had? And Seth was like, look, your wife don't even like you. Even your even your kids don't even fuck with you. And Matt Riddle's like, hey, bro, I'm going to fuck you up, bro. Yeah. So this is nothing out of the ordinary. There was a concerned look on Cody Rhodes' face. Cody knew. So, with all that being said, and, oh yeah, and and even there was even a a, a a video of Randy Orton. I wouldn't say mocking CM Punk's clobbering time, but he was looking. He was like, like yeah, all right, it's time. So, I'm going to pause it at the beginning of Monday Night Raw. So I can get the very, very up-to-date info of what's going on, at least on screen. And then once they get into the show, I'll resume this recording to uh, kind of tidy up everything. So, yeah, that's what's on deck this week. It's nothing but CM Punk and the fallout from CM Punk. We'll talk about Randy Orton's return, which was... Great. Matter of fact, talk about it right now. Randy Orton came out. Matter of fact, we'll talk about it on the other side. So, remember, after this slight break, which you will know, you'll just see a little. But after this slight break, we will resume talking about the potential after effects of CM Punk's return. Uh, the potential uh, showdown with him and Seth Rollins. Potential uh, hit in morale, perhaps, with the locker room. What this might mean for the WWE going forward on the road to WrestleMania. And whether or not this will affect AEW in a positive or a negative way. I really didn't want to talk about AEW because at this point in time, for what? 
They made their bed. They got rid of them. They said, you know what? Sayonara. You know. Real glass. Cry me a river. You know, they, 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 they did what they wanted to do. They moved on. Now they're stuck with a second show that's struggling on Saturday night that was specifically catered and and cultivated for one CM Punk, who is now in the opposition. Some of his uh, rivals in AEW, uh, they got their way, but was it for the betterment of the company or for the betterment of themselves? There were a bunch of things to talk about. So, with all that being said, on the other side, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what I just saw on WWE World. Hopefully, it'll be noteworthy. And um, we'll talk about the potential of what's going to happen um, down the line. So, yeah, this is going to be a choppy, messed up mess. But listen, when it comes to when it comes to messy, when it comes to helter skelter, when it comes to no rhyme or reason, that's what y'all fuck with me for. You know what? I I I, I am going to say I'm going to try to calm down on the profanity because I mean I I listen. Salty thoughts of Mike Steph. Y'all know what y'all signed up for. And I'm going to give y'all exactly what you need. With my dashing and debonair self. Shit. I'm so good looking. I have to pause this and just bask in my glory. So I'll be back. I don't want to spend one more second, one more ounce of energy on that hypocrite. And when I mean hell throws over, I mean this is me standing in a WWE ring. Well, I'm continuing mere seconds after the conclusion of Monday Night Raw. And you're probably wondering why I have this bewildered look on my face why i have this uh quizzical whimsical look on my face of i wouldn't say it's not ecstasy it's not uh enjoyment it's not uh uh uh, pure jubilation it's more of I paused this episode for three hours expecting one thing and receiving another. So pretty much everything I said before didn't happen. There was no confrontation. There was no real um, insight to where CM Punk at least storyline is headed. You know, there was a little drop here, and I, I will say this. Um, Seth Rollins did kind of take a little shot or speak his mind 
as you saw, or hopefully if you heard, if this doesn't get blotted out on YouTube, um, calling uh, someone a hypocrite. But it was pretty much, I wouldn't say paint by the numbers. It was just like, I guess it's, I wouldn't even say a mission statement. Um, but that's probably the best way to describe it. Um, before I get into the meat and potatoes of CM Punk returning to the WWE, or exactly what what might come of this, what's to be expected, what he said on Monday Night Raw was pretty much he was scared of how this was going to come off or how this was going to be reacted to, but that he had two words, and those two words, even technically three, was I'm home. That for 10 years, the best in the world have not been there. And for 10 years, people were proclaiming themselves and trying to be the best in the world. But on Tuesday morning, when they wake up, they will be and they will have the realization that the best of the world has returned. But besides that, besides all the proclamations of being the best, because at the end of the day, everybody knows that I'm truly the B-I-T-W. He said, and this is a key point, and tell you the truth, true words have never been spoken, and that's probably why this person goes by the moniker of the wise man. He said, prior to him leaving, he was told by a wise man, Paul Heyman, if you read between the lines, that in order for him to get everything that he wanted out of the WWE, he would have to leave and come back. Part of his frustration prior to him leaving 10 years ago was um, the infiltration of quote-unquote part-timers, people that would come in, get the WrestleMania payday, the WrestleMania main events, and leave. And meanwhile, the full-timers were left diminished. And tell you the truth, 10 years later, I'm not even saying, I'm not going to put it in the category of part-timers, but what he said was, the wise man was correct. Sometimes to be uh, truly appreciated, your presence must be missed. I subscribe to that probably more nowadays than ever. Um, it was it was it was very short, maybe about seven minute promo, if that. Um, the crowd was behind them for the majority. One thing you have to realize, or one thing that I should reiterate in my mind, and what the majority of people have to realize, when it comes to the booking of Triple H, Triple H takes his time. He lets shit marinate. So... If there was a certain path Triple H was going on prior to the re-debut of CM Punk, he wasn't really going to divert but so much. He's going to incorporate CM Punk into the plans, but he's not just going to rip everything up and 
go in a different direction, especially if the last couple months, especially the last couple weeks, what specifically has led to where we're currently at. And I'm talking about Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Jay Uso situation, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But yeah, that was pretty much um, three hours of, I want to say bait and switch, but they're going to optimize their the opportunity because you only really have one shot at this. And if you're going to, it's the same thing like when Cody came back, even though Cody let off, but you remember how they used to have the countdown clock of Cody is going to be on in 30 minutes, Cody's going to be on in 10 minutes, Cody's coming up next. It was more along those lines, not as outright as that, but it was along those lines. And um, you had to pretty much book in the two returns. You had Randy Orton lead off Monday Night Raw, and tell you the truth, rightfully so. And then you had CM Punk actually close and main event the show with the promo segment. So that was Monday Night Raw. I thought there was going to be more of a more newsworthy, more just um, content for me to go over, but there wasn't. So it is what it is. Now, CM Punk coming back to the WWE. I'm going to break it down like this. Hell has frozen over. Nobody thought it was going to happen. Um, I believe he's going to be that much more focused on his legacy, whatever legacy that may pertain to. But his two and a half years, more or less, well, a little over two years in AEW, um, he had a the red carpet treatment when he first came in, and through I won't say no fault of his own, but there was a culture class. That's the best way to explain it. AEW, and this is not even going to be about AEW for the most part. But AEW, specifically Tony Khan, brought him into the fold because that was their their big chip that they could have against WWE to a certain degree. The one, the Moby Dick, the well who cannot be contained, the well who cannot be speared, they got him. They got his return after, at the time, eight years away. Seven years away. Did they squander it? That's for y'all to decide. I personally believe so, but I am biased. I am not going to say I'm not. I'm WWE through and through. Look, I mean, shoot, do I have... Any type of AEW paraphernalia? No, I do not, except for the Elite. But that actually got that before AEW was born, but neither here nor there. It was a culture shock. It was a culture clash. You had the indie darlings, the people who spent the majority of their career outside of the WWE bubble, protecting 
what they created. And some would say rightfully so. And then you have, I won't say the personification of WWE, but you have the personification of mainstream coming into their bubble. And there, and it was more like a, a a fight over territory. But the man who holds all the cards, Tony Khan, allowed his ear to be swayed more by the outsider. CM Punk was never amongst, never part of the inner circle, so so to speak. Jericho knows how to manipulate himself and pretty much put himself in those conversations plus he was a day one starter cm punk came with vision well tony khan had vision of grandeur when it comes to cm punk like all right their home base is chicago cm punk is from chicago this is the one person that he feel he felt that he can build the company around yes he did attempt to build the company around but there was so many cracks so many holes that were exploited until two worlds came together. Punk came from, he had spent eight years under WWE umbrella. The big time, the main event, the big top. Number... The, the the number one matter of fact the standard when it came to sports entertainment the standard when it came to mainstream wrestling this is where he came from for eight years to an upstart and I believe he felt that he he felt the need to say okay I see these pieces available and they just need to be rearranged a little bit. They need to be smooth, smooth out a little bit to make us ultimately successful. But there was a resistance. And time and time and time again, especially in the latter year of his tenure, it proved to be untenable. Someone had to go. And literally, the name of the company was All Elite. Was any other elite going to be shown the door? No, they weren't. And I think upon his return this past summer, he realized, okay, they're going to give me this show. I'm going to do the best I have with the show. But at the end of the day, I don't expect nothing that goes on here. I'm going to try to do the best, try to do to the best of my ability to, uh, Make something out of this show that they're giving me. I want my roster people, and I'm gonna do me. Y'all keep that riffraff over there. But what it comes down to is structure. When someone believes in their abilities, when someone has the mind state of a CM Punk, the only way to contain or the only way to uh, get the most out of them is structure or they're going to run amok. 
I believe this return to WWE in reality has been in the makings for about five years. Hear me out. Remember when WWE SmackDown first debuted on Fox and they had the wrestling show. I forgot backstage. I, I, I forgot the name of the show. When you had Renee and you had Booker T, you had CM Punk. CM Punk was an employee of Fox Sports. Fox wanted WWE to resign CM Punk. And Vince said, under no circumstances would I do so. Vince was ultimately the person who prevented this reunion happening years ago, which is ironic because Vince has always been under the mindset of there's always a chance. Never say never. You never know what will happen in WWE. But for his reasons at the time, he said, you know what? Not, not this time. I'm not going to bring him back. I believe that was the first instance of maybe the insight of CM Punk wanting to return, as he aptly said, on Monday Night Raw, home. Now, you would think of all the slander, all the shots he's taken over the years. Remember, he had a lawsuit that went two, three years against the company. For malpractice, malpractice practices. What's going to be interesting is this deal that WWE still has with Saudi Arabia. Remember, he had a quip again uh, to toward the Miz, saying, "Yeah, uh, you could suck on a blood money dick." Talking about the Saudi money. Is he going to wrestle in Saudi Arabia after he was a very, very vocal, outspoken, uh, took a out, uh, took a very vocal stance against people going to Saudi Arabia? That's going to be interesting. And this, like I said, this is coming from a CM Punk fan. Listen, but a spade is a spade. All the times he would say or he would have a comment on situations that happened in WWE negatively. Now, I don't know. I think there was some type of sarcasm when he said tonight that everything has been all love in the back. You know, he even got a couple kisses on the cheek for his return. Trust and believe. That was sarcasm but a couple months ago there was a report that he did go behind he did visit monday night roar one time when he was on his i won't say sabbatical but before he returned to aew off his injury uh that he went backstage um and supposedly tried to mend fences with numerous amount of talents 
until he was told that he had to leave. And it wasn't even so much animosity that the reason why he had to leave is just like, uh, your contract, the talent to our opposition. We don't want to, we don't want to be accused of contract tampering. You have to leave. And he did so. Once again, that was a, another snapshot inside the mentality of CM Punk wanting to return to the WWE. Some even said that upon his return to AEW, upon his return to Collision, that maybe, just maybe, certain things that was coming out negatively against him, maybe he was doing such things to, to, uh, to get out of his contract. Maybe he realized, especially during that time, that nothing was ever going to change. Uh, he was going to be fighting an uphill battle the duration of his contract, and maybe perhaps his contract wasn't going to be renewed. Maybe he's looking for a golden parachute. Perhaps. The incident that happened at All In with the final straw, uh, this, this, this thing of investigation, 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 even as late as this weekend, Tony Khan was asked in an interview of his thoughts on CM Punk returning to WWE. And of course, Tony Khan hid behind, well, you know, through the legalities, I'm unable to uh, speak on that situation. You know, I, I would love to, but unfortunately, I'm not. Just like for months and months and months, he was unable to talk about situation that happened at all out 2021 no 2022 due to the internal investigation that did we ever really find out what exactly happened did we ever really find out what uh what was the findings of that investigation no we didn't but it's neither here there now Going forward, you have a myriad of possibilities when it comes to CM Punk in the WWE. A myriad of matches you have. Of course, the Seth Rollins angle. Uh, perhaps Cody Rhodes. Roman Reigns. If he chooses to be bothered. You have a plethora of main event pieces that for the first time, dare I say, and this might be, this is not hyperbole, but dare I say, the first time in over 20 years that you have multiple main eventers on the roster. We're not talking about just Cena or Roman Reigns or the Undertaker, or no, we're talking about an ensemble cast. Remember, we had Austin, Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, Kurt Angle back in the day. Now you have 
Cody, Roman, Seth, Drew, Sammy, The Judgment Day, Solo. I can go on. Brock, you can heat up Bobby Lashley if you ever wanted to because Bobby Lashley has been already in the main event events. You have a plethora of people that you can put. Listen, look at it this way. Roman Reigns hasn't been seen since Saturday, since the beginning of November. Roman Reigns probably won't be seen until the lead up to the Rory Rumble. On one hand, yeah, you do want your champion around. But on the other hand, you have all these other individuals that are able to carry a show when that numero uno is no longer there. I mean, it's not there. It's not totally beholden to one man. And is CM Punk going to be a face or a heel? Doesn't even matter, does it? He's going to be him. I believe, and you've seen this in the past couple months, Triple H isn't beholden to strict face versus heel dynamics. I mean, tonight we had Bronson Reed versus uh, Ivar. Okay. How about this? Rhea Ripley, technically is a heel. Gets face reaction, but technically is a heel. They've been teasing a rivalry with her and Nia Jack, who's a full-blown heel. Hold on one minute. Forgive me, because I've kind of tri- lost my train of thought. Um, Had to take care of something. But I guess what I, what I believe I might have been talking about is the fact that you don't have to pigeonhole them in one, one role. Um, you're going to, he's going to be in the position of a top, top guy and actually get the respect of a top guy. He's going to be on his P's and Q's. He's going to be very professional. And, um, like I said, there's a myriad of possibilities that you can run with when it comes to CM Punk versus this guy, CM Punk versus that guy. Um, also, and this is something that I'm going to mention. Uh, maybe some people have mentioned it, some people won't. I believe, at least in this environment, he's not going to have to worry about, uh, at least it won't be in the forefront of his mind, dealing with the quote-unquote wrestling media. Because one thing WWE does or doesn't do unlike other companies is quote-unquote cater to the wrestling media at large yeah because he's not he doesn't have to worry about the person in charge gunning for book of the year he doesn't have to worry about some of his co-workers leaking stories of backstage unrest just for shits and giggles not saying that this that doesn't happen in wwe but it's just a different 
type of ecosystem. He can literally, he's not being asked to help run the company. He's being asked to play his position and play it well. And I believe that might be the best outcome for everyone. Um, like I said, I I kind of lost my train of thought, but it is what it is. It's surreal to watch Raw tonight and to hear CM Punk's name come out of Michael Cole's mouth numerous times. It's surreal to see the graphics on the screen. It's surreal to get an email of, from WWE Shop for CM Punk merchandise, which, yes, I'm not going to lie, I've already copped my own. Um, should be in the mail. By the middle of next month. Yes. I need a new shirt. Listen, all the CM Punk shirts I have are a decade old. And tell you the truth, if matter of fact, how about this? I had one shirt that I had never worn on air. And it's actually for certain reasons I choose not to wear it. But I was—I actually pulled it out the pulled it out the archives today, and I was going to wear it. But for one, well, actually, one one of the reasons why I chose not to is because it's entirely too big. I think I bought that when I was at—I I was like what two seventeen, but I was stocky, and it was triple X. Yeah, not not double X, triple X. I've never been a triple X, but being the fact when the double X starts fitting me a little snug, guess what? I wore a triple X this is way back. So I'm like, eh. listen, I finally got under the 200, 200 pound mark. I am 198 and a half pounds right now. So I chose not to. Plus, had to go with the new day. Had to pull this one out the archives also. But it was just surreal. Like, like me and Maida Van K was talking. And I'm going to speak for her. Um, she said she actually turned Survivor Series off right before the music hit. She got fooled by the sign-off. Said she cut it off, and all of a sudden she went on. She went online, and she saw what happened. If you think about it, free agents to a certain degree. When it comes to free agents, this this one other, but this was one of two free agents that WWE could sign. That is truly a needle mover. It's truly a money maker. Will Ospreay? Yeah, that would be nice for the hardcores. That would be nice for the wrestling fans. But tell you the truth, I think for the wrestling fans, he's probably in the better position for the wrestling fans. Even though I would love to see him in WWE, but he would have to conform 
to a certain degree. And I I just think after a while, you just went mesh. Jay White. I believe, I guarantee you, Jay White is probably regretting his decision to go where he's where he ended up at. But teachers own. I think he probably was more suited for WWE than a lot of people realize. But maybe next goal line. So you have CM Punk and you have Sasha Banks slash Mercedes Monet. I believe with CM Punk returning to the fold, I believe it's more liable that Sasha slash Mercedes, well, Mercedes slash Sasha will return in the near future. Um, the things that are going on with Bailey and damage control lead me to that conclusion. So to get into the rest of the Survivor Series, more games, I'm going to in the CM Punk conversation right now, like like this. In reality, this is the only thing. This is the only. This is the only outcome that could happen. Did you really think CM Punk was going to go to New Japan? Did you really think that Impact was going to be the best place for him? Did you think he was going to turn around and go back to AEW? Did you think his career was going to be effectively over? I really strongly doubt that he wanted to have that blemish, this last blemish, this whatever happened in London to be the last time or the last thing on his resume for wrestling. Especially since that flame had got lit again. This is the only outcome. This was the only outcome. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of other things that probably is going to come to pass. And tell you the truth, with this return, it's probably going to allow me to talk about wrestling way more than I've done this year. Way more than I've done in the last couple months. Because y'all know I used to always throw a wrestling... Uh, wrestling episode more frequently than I have. Um, especially being affected by JET and Jet Jets are buried. You know, my sister say rest in peace to them in this season. I was kind of going to open up the floodgates of uh, my content. So, this is not the last that you'll hear from it. Shoot. Remember. Remember in the prep in the previous iteration, I had Cody watch. Maybe I have Punk watch. Maybe that'll be a, a weekly segment to sort your thoughts to Mike Steph. Maybe it won't. Only one way to find out. But I'll leave with this. It's funny. I I, I think this is probably the last. Um, this is probably from the last episode that I talked wrestling from. So, uh, listen to this, and then uh, I'll get back. I'll be back to uh, tidy up, tie everything into a bow, and get my thoughts on the rest of what happened at Survivor Series 2023. More games!
reason why this is different than Brawl Out, as in he actually made uh, took action, the action of firing CM Punk, is because he was personally affected. He was personally threatened. And by all, look, he has every right. He's the boss, right? But you allowed how many months last year to simmer between the Bucks and Omega and Paige, both on screen and off screen. Everybody throwing little verbal shots. Everybody throwing their little passive aggressive shit. Everybody talking their shit, right? You did nothing to quell that. And in some ways, you probably encouraged it because on one hand, you was telling your VPs, look, I have y'all in that situ- in that position for a reason. On the other hand, you're telling Punk, look, I brought you in here to shake shit up. You liked the tension because it didn't affect you. When people started going through whatever mental escapades they were going through, emotionally uh, unbalanced or emotionally just disturbed, depressed, you didn't give a fuck about that, did you? You allowed that to simmer. Then when Punk got injured, you're like, you know what? No harm, no foul. He's out my ear for a while. Fine. You allowed him to dress you down in front of everybody, but you didn't feel threatened because everything wasn't directed toward you. It was directed toward Paige, the Bucks, Omega, Cabana to a certain degree. The reporters at the scrum when he was sitting there eating muffins, drinking, drinking seltzer water. Nothing was directed toward you. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Anyway, Survivor Series 2023. War Games. Uh, we had five matches in total. We had the beginning match was the Women's War Games, which was a form four battle with damage control consisting of Bailey. And yes. Oscar. Eo, Sky, and uh, Kyrie Sane, seconded, thirded, fourthed, or accompanied by Dakota Kai. And then on the other hand, on the other team, we had Shotzi, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. The team of Shotzi, Bianca, Charlotte, and Becky was victorious. There was two ongoing storylines in this match. One was the reconciliation of Charlotte and Becky, which, tell you the truth, I haven't heard much about behind the scenes. But once, to me, it became apparent once um, Becky joined Team Bianca, which Becky joined the same team as Charlotte, and it was actually on Charlotte to pick up the phone and call for backup, pick up the phone and call a long-lost friend slash long-lost enemy. To me, that kind of let me know. It should have let the masses know that whatever 
turmoil they had behind the scenes, whatever butting of the heads they had, and coexisted because uh, as of two years ago, they want to out. And tell you the truth, seeing that, seeing their reconciliation, uh, these on screen, seeing the hug during the match, seeing and hearing them talk at the press conference post event. I ain't gonna lie, it kind of got me a little emotional um, because sometimes, matter of fact, I won't even say sometimes, friendships can be very, can be underestimated, especially when you, when it's a true friendship, um, true, in their case, sisterhood, brotherhood, what have you. And um, to see, it was genuine. It wasn't, it, you could tell it wasn't just like storyline, it was genuine, like, all right, they've gone through some shit. They're picking up the pieces and they're attempting to rebuild the foundation of a friendship. And um, that one, that one, very important. Um, but on the other hand, damage control, the storyline is they're pushing Bailey out. Bailey's gonna get it. Bailey's gonna get it because, and this is not even anything derogatory, but if you look on the side of damage control, one of these things are not like the others. One of these things are not the same. One of these things are not like the others. Now it's time to play our game. It's time to play our game. You have Oscar, you have Eo, and you have Kyrie. Yeah, Bailey. Bailey sees what's going to happen. He, she sees what the writing on the wall. But for all intent purposes of this match, the stretch of the match was Bailey went above and beyond to save each and every member from being eliminated, each and every member from being beaten, pinned, submitted. Her single-handedly did all that but at the end none of her teammates would be found when she got quadruple teamed took the finisher from Shotzi took the finisher from Bianca took the manhandle slam through a table from Becky and was ultimately pinned one two three Post-match, a YouTube exclusive had Kathy Kelly interview Bailey. And Bailey said in these words, because um, when she was asked, like, you know, how did she, how did she feel being on the losing end of war game? She was like, well, uh, you know, it would have helped if her teammates were around to help her. No, was, no one would be found. Even backstage during the interview, Bailey was by herself, ice down, and said so she was about to ice ice down some more. And uh, her teammates were nowhere to be found. Everybody knows what's what's going to happen, and that's what brings me to: um, if Mercedes does come back, come back sooner than later. Remember, Roy Rumble was right around the corner. I don't know how if she has any more commitments uh, to New Japan. But 
I know she's not on the contract for AEW. And to tell you the truth, I think with her seeing what's going on in WWE, I, I, think, I think if she was going to be AEW, she would have been there already. Whether she was injured or not. But women's division, there's no reason for her to be locked in. And she's probably counting the lucky stars. She did not lock herself in. Because there's numerous amount of talents on that side that rooted day that they signed their name to a three to five year contract. But neither here there. I think before that could be a possibility, I think was it's lining up for them to kick Bailey out and for her to be with the other horsewomen, Becky and Charlotte, to go against damage control. Three. On three, Dakota Kai is going to be the one who kicks her out officially because right now Dakota Kai is the spokesman of damage control, the position that Bailey once inhabited. Remember, Bailey's the one that brought them together, Bailey's the one that brought them up, and now she's on the outside looking in. Pretty good match, damn good match. Next match was uh. Santos Escobar versus uh, Dragon King. Oh. Damn, is that his name? Dragon King? Oops. I don't forgot. I don't forgot that man's name. <laughs> I think it is Dragon King. <laughs> Yo, I'm bugging. But <clears throat> this was more of a, it was supposed to be. Carlito versus Santos. They took Carlito out at the last minute due to an angle on SmackDown. And to tell you the truth, work rate rise, this is a better choice. But if anybody thought Santos was going to lose, no, you can't. You can't. That would be setting him up for failure. Um, who's going to be his cohorts? Who knows? Um, there's Scuttlebutt online, but I'm not going to get into that. But right now, Santos has to be built up for the ultimate confrontation with him and Ray. When Ray gets healthy, Ray LWO. Santos LWO. Carlito, no LWO. Yes, he's part of the LWO, but as Santos said, I don't see no colors. You came in and you took my family away from me. Santos has always been better as a heel anyway. And in order for them to build him up and get him to where he ultimately should be in this in the confrontation between him and him and Ray, there's no way in hell he could have lost this match. So pretty good match, eight, nine minutes, you know. Fair. Then you had uh Kunta. Versus the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship, and um, this is a twelve-minute match. Can't really complain. Miz, nobody, nobody thought that the Miz was going to win. Uh, the Miz did have a couple hope spots where he uh, kicked Gunther in the Family Jewels, did the skull crushing finale. And got a close two and a half count. But one thing with Gunther, 
when Gunther, when it's time for Gunther to put you away, it's no, it's no, it's no five move, five moves of doom. Gunther, power bomb you, choke you out, um, crack you in half, uh, chop the shit out you, myriad of myriad of ways. And this time he decided to make the Miz humble in the not the camel clutch, but more the lion tamer. Lion tamer. You know, he 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 made the Miz humble. And humble the Miz he did, even though it looks like this feud might continue um based on the the actions of what happened tonight on Raw. And then we had Rhea Ripley um uh, successfully defending her world women's championship against Zoe Stark. Pretty good match. Um nothing out of ordinary. Zoe always has a has a great move set, but nobody nobody in their mother thought that she was gonna actually beat Rhea. Um, because you got a couple more matches down the road, down the line for Rhea. You have the Nia Jax matchup, you have them uh, seem like they're setting up Shayna Baszler to be uh Rhea's next opponent, and of course, probably further down the road, probably talking about WrestleMania. We're gonna have uh Becky Lynch probably against Rhea Ripley for WrestleMania. So, you know, good to good to get it on the card, but the you know the, the outcome is never in doubt. And then of course we had the winning team, like I told you. We had Jay and Sammy and Seth and Cody and the returning Randy Orton victorious against the Judgment Day, the team of Seth, oh, no, Seth. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, JD McDonough, Dirty Dom, and Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is not a part of the Judgment Day. But Drew McIntyre sold his soul to the devil, so to speak, to get his hands on Jay Uso, which kind of bled over to tonight for Drew. I won't say officially turning, but officially blowing his gasket at Seth over Seth announcing that he was going to defend his title next week. Drew respectfully asked him for a rematch. Seth said, yes, you do deserve a rematch, but um, there are people in front of you. And my next title defense will be against none other than Jay Uso. Ain't that a bitch? And that caused Drew McIntyre to flip his lid, headbutt Seth Rollins, um, bust himself hard way open, bust himself an open hard way. And uh, Jay had to come for the save. I saw laughing because even Drew, everything Drew is saying is technically correct. He's not lying. He's not fabricating it. He said, look, I just beat Jay last week. How is he getting a title shot before me? This has to be personal. You don't want, you don't want me to win. You don't want me to shine. There was a, there was a, a spot backstage where Sammy confronted Drew. And 
said drew listen i don't know what's going on with you this is not the this is not the way brother listen every bit of disappointment that you've had i've had as well you got screwed by the bloodline in front of your family at home i got screwed by the bloodline in front of my family at home you face seth and came within a second of becoming world champion i faced seth and became a second came within a second of becoming world champion difference is i'm not a sport brat difference is i'm going to keep on climbing that ladder to become world heavyweight champion so drew said you know what i'm going to do the same i'm going to go into adam pierce's office and i'm going to request a match i'm going to request the match against you and if this is any if a couple weeks ago their match a couple weeks ago is any inclination of what is on deck next week it's going to be it's going to be very interesting also the jay versus seth match is going to be interesting for two reasons where randy cost jay an opportunity his opportunity to become world champion because randy said yeah bygones are bygones but everybody knows randy is itching to catch jay with an rko from nowhere that's number one number two you think drew is going to allow jay to win that world champion with, with uh, that world championship on his watch no and also cm punk his intentions were not put in place were not put out there this week world championship match maybe he decides to get involved so those two matches the drew sammy and the jay seth match listen i listen i can't can't say can't say enough that's that's a good that's a good start for next week so yeah so yeah uh survivor series war games war games it's in the books and uh it was an okay man i mean it was an okay event like it was to me it was better than crown jewel uh crown jewel i don't, I, I don't know i just couldn't get into that um was it better than was it fast lane no roblox i don't know whatever the, whatever the october offering was yeah 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 you know perhaps you know payback payback was all right but um there's still something missing and maybe that something missing is will be uh refound with the acquisition of cm punk into the mix and going into the lead up to the royal rumble you gotta kind of put all your ducks in a row and this holding pattern we've been in for the last four to five months is starting to sift itself out and uh hopefully for the better so yeah now outro thank you that brings us to the end of another edition of the salty thoughts of mike step podcast i'd like to thank each and every one of y'all for making me and this here podcast the one y'all choose to listen to next week hopefully i actually really really will get back on my regularly scheduled time of late sunday night early monday morning um like i told y'all at the beginning shoot I, I really wasn't feeling great 
yesterday. I could have half-assed it, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Let me kill two birds with one stone. Um, get myself a little bit more prepared. Uh, give y'all the op- the episode that y'all need, the episodes that y'all deserve, and uh, really give y'all a good offering. Uh, so that's why I put that that little. Check out the community tab on my YouTube page at Mike Steph for any updates that might come when it comes concerning um, the Silky Thought to Mike Steph. You can check me out on Instagram, yeah, but more often than not, check me out. Well, check out the check out the, the community tab on the YouTube page of Mike Steph for any updates concerning Silky Thought to Mike Steph podcast. Like this. So it's the Mike Step Podcast is available on the following platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, amongst others. New episodes drop each and every Wednesday, for the most part. Um, you can check me out on social media platforms such as X, formerly known as Twitter, at Mike Stephens, double underscore. You can check me out on the gram at Mike, double underscore Steph. And you can check me out on TikTok at Mike Steph underscore. Speaking of the audio version, speaking of me talking about football, check out Hidden Gems Football, hosted by the Mojo King and myself, Mike Steph. New episodes drop each and every Thursday on the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group and all. And when I say all, I mean all streaming platforms, wherever podcasts are available. Concerning the audio version of the Salty Thoughts of Mike Step podcast this week, I feel I'm feeling benevolent and I'm going to give y'all a special audio only sprinkle of salt talking about this past weekend's uh, action in the National Football League concerning the two, that's right, not one, but two New York teams, my New York JETS, Jets, Jets. And those G-men who raised their record to the record of four and eight with a victory over Bill Belichick and those New England Patriots at home by the score of 10 to 7 with Tommy DeVito leading the victory, leading the way to victory. Yeah, so be on the lookout for the audio version, the audio only. So, uh, Salty Thoughts of Mike Step Podcast, Sprinkler Salt version, dropping this Wednesday on all streaming platforms where podcasts are available. Um, before I get out of here, I'd like to give a shout out to those gentlemen, to my brothers from the Gimmick Infringement Podcast, Winchester and McDowell. Uh, check them out on the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group. Check out their Survivor Series recap. You'll be glad you did. And tell you the truth, if I was not under the weather, I really was going to hit them up. Because tell you the truth, this is like the year anniversary mark of my last appearance on that podcast. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a big four guest. The first time they brought me on was the WrestleMania preview. The second time they brought me on 
was the Survivor Series recap. So I'm aiming towards the Royal Rumble. But this would have been the perfect opportunity. But it's not about me. Check out the brothers from Gimmick Infringement, Winchester, and McDowell on the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group. Um, and I'm trying to get some, I'm trying to get this like campaign for them to uh, be a part of one of these media scrums. Um, yeah, because I just feel like they, 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 I'm talking about, I'm, yeah, matter of fact, media scrum of AEW or WWE because my bias is not their bias, they're very unbiased, but I put it out there. Hopefully, I'll put it out in the universe and somebody will snatch it and actually bestow them the honor, or matter of fact, or will receive the honor of them attending one of their scrums. Yeah. Um, while I'm at it, shout out to the Black Rastin Podcast. Shout out to the homie Cal, fam, math, Queen Mimi. Check them out each and every Thursday, BRP Live on the YouTube page of Black Wrestling. Salute. And um, with all that being said, I'm going to get out of here. You know, I'm actually shocked because today was one of those days that I actually got a fresh cut. Y'all might not see it, but it's all right. I know it's there. Uh, my wife knows it's there. And the masses know um, how dashing the dashing one truly is. So with all that being said, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to bid y'all do in my Barry Wright local voice. You know, the quiet storm, quiet storm. Because he's an easy lover. He got your hold on you, believe it. Like no other, have you on your knees. Because I'm just a gigolo. And everywhere I go, people all know about me. Pay for every dance, selling each romance. Ooh, what they say. It will come a day when youth will pass away. What would they say about me? Because the end comes, I know. I'll be my wife's gigolo. Life goes on without me, cuz. You wanna say bye to the people? Bye. You heard her. You heard that sweet, that sweet sound. That sweet sound of success. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.